You know. Yeah. Courtship. Ain't what it used to be. It's a reliable ship to get you from point A to point B. You know, there's a riddle in Emma by Jane Austen that Mr. Elton writes <laughs> for, he writes it for Emma, but Emma is, you know, trying to like get her friend Harriet and Mr. Elton together. And so Brittany she Murphy. thinks, mm-hmm. Brittany Murphy, yes, Tony Collette. And so Emma <laughs> thinks that Mr. Elton has written this riddle for Harriet and of course, the answer to the riddle is courtship, um, but Harriet can't figure that out. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. This episode of Pop DNA is sponsored by NBC's The Courtship. The Courtship. <laughs> I can't wait to watch that, honestly. Friends, honestly. I'm. <laughs> Stop listening to us right now if you haven't heard of this and go watch a trailer. Like, Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm so excited. It's going to be good. In that it's going to not be good. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, the courtship, I think, is just proof that the Bridgerton effect is very, very real. Absolutely. There are so many ways that we are seeing the impact of Bridgerton in our world today. On this, our final installment of our Bridgerton series. Bridget, we're bridging the... Be careful. (laughs) Be careful. We're bridging between topics. Okay. Um, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) This is not going well. Okay. This is going phenomenally. Should we we start over? (laughs) So, The Courtship on NBC. Let's all watch it. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay. So, yes. Bridgerton. The Bridgerton effect. That is what we are talking about this week. And I think as we complete this journey, I want to shout out our two incredible guests this month. We had so much fun. It's been a really good week. And Sanjana, you're brilliant. Both, yeah. We love you. Come back anytime. Yeah, Yeah. I I love months where we get to have guests. It's very fun. fun. So fun. fun. Um, Yes, but as is our usual pattern in these four-part series that we do, we usually take part four to do something a little bit lighter and more fun yeah. and talk about like the the impact that this work has had in our culture or in media or in the cultural zeitgeist. Um, yeah. And Bridgerton has had a very profound effect on our cultural zeitgeist, I would say. I would agree. So much so that it's that there's actually a thing called the Bridgerton effect. You can read articles about it. I think it it 
would have had an effect either way, but I think specifically we talked about this a little bit, but since it did come out when we were all in desperate need of some joy, I think it really served its purpose pretty well. You know, it we needed a Bridger. We needed a little Bridgerton right this <laughs> we very did. minute. We needed a little a little historical romance fantasy escape. Yeah. yeah. And that was what we got. And that's what we got. And I think I don't know if you do this when you are able to visit places, but do you ever like nerd out about where things were filmed if yes. you're visiting a place? Yes, I do. Well, okay. <laughs> so I, let's see, I've been to Astoria, Oregon, which is where a lot of the Goonies was filmed. Okay. And, you know, that like that was pretty cool, but I feel like the Goonies wasn't like, very much a part of my childhood. I like it's a little before my time. Sure. Um, like I saw the movie later. Um, but I will tell you what did have a very profound effect on me. This isn't where the movies were filmed, but it is where they take place. I visited Forks, Washington. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. You betcha. In yeah, sure, uh, you betcha. And this was in, like, 2009. So only the first Twilight movie had come out at this point. Yeah. And I think now Forks has, like, a huge, like, Twilight festival. They didn't have (laughs) that yet when I went to Forks. So all they had done is, like, the the Forks Chamber of Commerce had just, like, put up little signs <laughs> around the town that are, like, here's the hospital where Carlisle works. And, like, and they found, like, a like an old red truck. And they're, like, here's Bella's truck. And, like. <laughs> oh, bless them. That's adorable. Bless their hearts. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I've completely derailed our conversation. No, you answered my question. I, I have fulfilled it. my contract because yes. I am contractually obligated to bring up Twilight every 30 minutes. So Yeah. <laughs> I fulfilled Absolutely. that obligation. Yeah, you fulfilled that obligation. You'll get that paycheck in the mail. Yeah. It's Go all on good. with what you were saying. <laughs> no, I was really, because um, I just think that's a really fun thing to do to visit somewhere that something that you care about was filmed for me. It's always um, going whenever we go to New York city and just standing near the Broadway theaters, even if we're not going to a show, just standing where theater is taking place. And I know that's (laughs) not like a filming thing, but I'm kind of like, I stand outside just like breathing in the theater and that's that's real folks that's that's who i am as a human i'm just i are you kimmy schmidt a little bit i think i like to think i'm a little bit less naive but maybe just as exuberant you didn't live in an underground bunker for 15 years that's yeah the key difference here yeah that's that's valid, but I would take the comparison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. That just seems like something that she would do. Anyway, um. unbreakable. Yep, it's real good. She's alive. Um, <laughs> that's my favorite line in the whole thing. 
But <laughs> anyway. They lie, damn it. They're, Females are think... strong as hell. <laughs> There's something about the statement, they're alive, damn it, that's just <laughs> so funny to me. I, I can't. I, I can't with that. Um, oh. But speaking of locations, mm-hmm. I did find some fun information about some of the places where Bridgerton was filmed. I think specifically with a show like Bridgerton, it's always fun to take a look at not only where, like the history of where um, it was filmed, but also to see what other of our favorite television shows and movies were also filmed there. So I went on a little bit of a nerdy deep dive. Ooh. Bridgerton on location. Oh, wait. Yeah. I just thought of something else. Ooh. When I was in Hawaii, we went to the uh, Kualoa Ranch where, where like one three second shot of Jurassic Park was filmed. That's amazing. Yeah. I think I got a good selfie from that, I remember. Or was that on a ride? It looked like a ride. It looked like you were on Well, like, there was a, also a so like like longer portions of like the Jurassic World movies were also filmed there. Yeah. But like the original Jurassic Park movie, it's only like a three second shot that was actually filmed <laughs> there. That made it, it into the movie. Yeah, it counts. Oh, I also went to community college where community was filmed. So oh, that counts, I think. That's so a really huge did... flex, Aaron. You I should know. be talking about that a lot more. I went, I technically went to Greendale, technically. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that oh, counts. Oh, and you know what? We we see the filming location of 10 Things I Hate About You very frequently. Yeah. Stadium High School in Tacoma, Washington. So. Not to locate myself too much, but I live very close to there. <laughs> you do. I watch like people are gonna like show up on your doorstep. The paparazzi. It's the pop. The pop DNA paparazzi. Exactly. The yeah. Pop. The pop DNA razzi. No, you never got mind. there. I, uh, I, the... I tried it. I tried it. Or it we can just work. call it the paparazzi. I mean, mm. like. Yeah. Well, we. <laughs> well, we I don't think tried. it's gonna work. I don't think it's, it's like fetch. It's not gonna happen. Oh, we're gonna make fetch happen. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, <laughs> listeners, you should know that this is a weeknight, and Rhonda and I are going full tilt. So <laughs> I looked up a few of these kind of fun on location um, locations, really, and <laughs> one. One of them was the Royal Crescent House in Bath. So uh, many of these locations are in Bath specifically, and we'll get into that a little bit. But interesting, yeah. So wait, but in the show, they actually they're in London in in the show, right? Right. They yeah, say yeah. That they're in London. Okay. I yeah. feel like I've been lied to. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> best response i've ever given you um so bridgerton is partially filmed in the royal crescent house in bath and this row is home to 30 terrace houses and was built by john wood the younger in Mm. 1774 
he's for those who didn't know, like me, I had no idea. John Wood the Younger is called that because his father was also an architect. So his father was John Wood the Elder, which just okay. sounds like you're in Lord of the Rings, and I'm here. Right, for it. right, right, right. <laughs> the Elder, I love that. John um, Wood the Elder. The Elder. The yes. prophecy has fulfilled that I shall make homes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, specifically, Wood was known for his work on the Royal Crescent and for working in the Georgian neoclassical style. Oh, Yeah. So, the Georgian neoclassical style finds its roots in Roman and Greek, uh, Grecian architecture. So it has those big columns and kind of mm -hmm. those purposefully grandiose locations where you kind of just have to take a step back and look in awe. Like that was kind of the point was to make kind of an austere spectacle a little bit. And so Georgian architects, it, if we're going to get just a little more nerdy about this, um, Georgian architects. Wait, are, are these architects from Georgia? Precisely. So they came, like, from Georgia to England. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I actually did look this up. Um, they're Georgian. Oh, where'd it go? Okay. Well, well anyway. It's because, it's because, um, it's because it, this was the Georgian period because... The king's name was George. King George, I was, yeah. I was just making a, a funny joke, haha. No, I liked your funny <laughs> joke, and I was pretty sure I got it, but then my teacher brain was like, what if I'm wrong? And I got off. Ah. Um, and it so was yeah. George, the, George the third, BT Dubs, who's also in Hamilton, so. Just, oh, hey, look at that guy. He's pretty so, cool. Yeah. Jonathan Groff is the Jonathan is the Groff king, is, is the, the reason. king of England at this time, <laughs> and and the reason for things like the Royal Crescent. Yes, so, and so along with those ideals of kind of Roman and Grecian architecture, you also get ideas of symmetry as made popular by popular Italian architecture of the time. So it was all very, uh, very now, very fetch, very, very fetch, very, very fetch at the time. So I really um, appreciated just taking a look at the Royal Crescent House. So if you haven't seen it yet, I will post some on Instagram because they're yeah. just, they are just a spectacle, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, um, you feel like you're kind of touching time because you are, right? It's just kind of nice to be able to see what was popular and modern at the time. I, I don't right. know. I'm a nerd about that stuff. I yeah. love that. Well, and it's interesting, I think, that at the time that that was like, it was like a return to like this, you know, historical style of architecture, which I don't know that that had ever really been done before. But like now we do it all the time, like go to any college campus in the yeah. US and you will see buildings that are designed to look like they're centuries older than they really are. Absolutely. So I just think it's really interesting that we yeah. still have this idea in architecture that like making a building look older is something that we should do. <laughs> 
I know. It's kind of funny. It kind of reminds me of when you see those editions of classic works at Barnes and Noble that are mm. kind of designed to look like they're an old book, but really yeah. it's just like, huh, that doesn't yeah. really, I don't know. It's just, it's funny how we attribute meaning to things like that, you know, like, uh-huh. yeah, I, people are fascinating. And I, I love I those love books though. At Barnes and no, Noble. I know. I have so many of them and I laugh at myself every time because they are a little bit ridiculous. It's kind of like holding a prop because you know, it's not old and you know, it's not what it's saying that it is. It's, it's funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. I like old things. I do too. <laughs> I, I really do too. Anyway. Anyway. So. Oh, it, I see in your notes that the Royal Crescent was used in oh yeah two adaptations of Jane Austen's Persuasion yeah which had you know like a a significant portion of the story takes place in Bath so that makes sense makes a lot of sense yeah um Vanity Fair two thousand four that's the Reese Witherspoon one <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Reese without her spoon. Um, <laughs> yes. She's on TikTok, by the way. Just one I more know. reason. I know. It's one adorable. One more reason that you need to join. Um, <laughs> and the Duchess. Yeah. Kara Knightley. Yeah. Kara um, Knightley. Kara Knightley. Uh, and it. Yeah. And again, if you look, I'm going to post photos, but if you look at them, <laughs> you can see why. Like you, if you were a location scout, it's kind of where you would go to shoot these stories it just it it all makes sense it transports you back to the world um Mm -hmm. and i don't say that ironically i really do as much as i dislike ted mosby i really do like (laughs) architecture Um, and a renaissance fair (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh i love the renaissance fair i know we gotta go back we do when it opens again. It's not well, open right now. <laughs> it, sh- it should be year round. I wish we lived near a medieval times. But anyhow. I wish that we just lived in medieval times. You know, I'm not going to follow like... you there. I really don't. <laughs> I'm but usually like still a... had electricity and running yeah. water and voting rights. I'm usually would... a yes ander. You could call me yes Anderson. But no, I just. <laughs> I. I. I lo- no. <laughs> okay. But I support that for you. Uh-huh. I, I would come and visit you there if you got me like a time machine. Yeah. Well, I'm. it's it's medieval um, aesthetic, but like a mod, like the like society is or whatever is is modern. Okay. I'm there. Okay. Yeah. You sold me. That's. <laughs> Should I Venmo you my ticket price? Do you want, yes. you want it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just creating my own world at this point. Um, I mean, and you can live with me there if you want. I mean, what is what is life except creating your own bizarre <laughs> I'm reality? I'm pulling a Wanda Maximoff and I'm yes. creating my own reality. <laughs> I appreciate that you told me first um, <laughs> so that I won't be in a dreamlike state. Sure. Thank sure, you. Sure. That's friendship, yeah. friends. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> or maybe you're the Agatha. Oh, yeah. I- I've been Agatha all along. Ah. <laughs> so our second stop on anyway. Bridgerton on location are the bath assembly rooms. 
So this is where you would like, um, you would assemble to bathe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no. no, not this at all. A, or like, you know how like in elementary school you would have assemblies or like, this is the bath <laughs> assembly where we're going to teach you how to take a bath. <laughs> we're going to learn how to take a bath. That no. seems like that would be anyway. Yeah. Either the best day or the worst day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bath assembly rooms are also designed by John Wood the Younger, but a little bit earlier in 1769. And then they were fully up and running by 1771. And so these assembly rooms were the place to be. Stefan would have reported about these. <laughs> these were like for the it crowd, the who's who was there. And I thought that was specifically fitting to talk about as we talk about Bridgerton, which is so about society and social engagements. And it was very much like a health and social resort. They would have dancing, you would play cards, and then obviously drinking tea and my favorite, ambiguous strolling. <laughs> so, uh -huh. Yes, much like uh, Caroline Bingley and Lizzie Bennett. Exactly. When they're like, we're just going to take a turn about the room. <laughs> we'll take a turn. Yeah, exactly. And like each room had a specific label to it, which feels a little bit confining. So you had your ballroom, your card room, your tea room. And then you also have something, I want to get this correct, mm -hmm. something that is called <laughs> the Great Octagon, which sounds like Nobody leaves of... the octagon. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like something out of Wrinkle of Time or Wrinkle No, wrinkle that's like, in time. isn't that like, uh, like WWF or something? It's like, uh, and I'm going to Google it. World Wild Wildlife Foundation or World Wrestling Foundation? World Wrestling Foundation. <laughs> I was like, which WWF? Are yeah, we they in? call it. That's what they call their ring. They call it the Octagon. Oh, how in, funny! No, in um, not WWF. It's it's a uh, MMA. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! MMA. Okay. They call it the Octagon. <laughs> so you heard it first. MMA started in the bath assembly room. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Also, just quick note for anyone who's interested in like seeing what this looks like in like a movie or whatever. The 2007 BBC movie of Northanger Abbey has like several scenes that are in the bath assembly rooms. Oh, cool. So yeah. if you watch that, there's, yeah, you'll see. They're, like they show the tea room, they show the ballroom. Cool. Yeah. If you're over there as well, you can also visit one of the rooms still. It's become um, a fashion museum. So it kind of, it as private parties turned into more of the thing to do and less so these big public occasions, the assembly houses um, fell out of favor. But now part of it has been kept as a fashion museum. So that I always thought that would be a really cool yeah. thing to go visit. And it's just interesting how society, things like this in society fall out of favor as people think about being able to host a private party where maybe that wasn't possible or whatever the case may be. It's society's fascinating, friends. Think about mm -hmm. all of our social norms. 
Um, and how to smash them. Yeah. So that's the bath assembly houses or rooms. And then my last one that I really wanted to chat about, and I'll do it quickly, um, was Hotfield House in Hertfordshire. Sure, Shire. I can't say that very the well. Shire. Exactly. In the Shire. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a classic country home. It's notably Wayne Manor in the Tim Burton Batman films. So, <laughs> and also a main location for another oh. favorite. Have you seen the previews for The Batman? Yes. Have you? I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm really excited, too. People keep making fun of me, but I'm really excited about it. I know. It looks looks so good. I think it looks so good, or we'll be able to make fun of it. But either way, it's worth the price of admission. Totally. So, yeah, we have Hatfield House in Hertfordshire, which we loved the favorite, and Mm -hmm. the favorite was shot here. So that's pretty cool. All the rabbits were in there and lots of things like that. Um, and it was designed in 1611 by Robert Cecil. I some words don't fit in my mouth. Robert, <laughs> that's the best Wait, as I'm gonna get. He was the Earl of Salisbury. Yeah. Did he invent Salisbury steak? If he didn't, it's a waste of time for me right. to even talk anymore about him. I think. Um, How like the Earl of Sandwich invented the sandwich? Invent. I mean, so bow down. obviously. Yeah. The Earl of Salisbury invented the Salisbury steak. Obviously. <laughs> and just quickly, um, Hatfield House was very much oh, in the... Do you think? do you think the Count of Monte Cristo invented the Monte Cristo sandwich? Or did he invent counting? <laughs> I want to count to ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I'm sorry. No, I loved it. Um, Zero, zero students are listening to me. Uh, uh, That was me in class today. So Hatfield House um, is in the Jacobian style, which includes elements of Elizabethan architecture, which is and so Jacobian architecture is characterized by flat roofs, window bays and kind of large wooden staircases. So they're like, hey, you know what we're going to have in our style? Staircases. Staircases. (laughs) It was in this article that I read. um, It also noted that they favored darker floors because they were easier to clean. And I was just like. I love that. I love a darker floor. But it just seemed like a very sweet, like I was reading about Elizabethan architecture and all of these like window bays and sweeping long kind of alleyways and things like that and then it just said also dark floors are cool because they're (laughs) easy to clean it just it was a very sweet note (laughs) but that concludes our tour please tip your waitresses before like the elizabethan period maybe that like they didn't really put much thought into what the floor was made of because sure people would just walk on it and like, they, sure. <laughs> but you know what I mean? No, absolutely. Like, they, you know, like they would put like rushes down on the floor. Yeah. So maybe this is like when people first started to think about like, oh, we could also like design the floor, you guys. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> like, we have 
This, the, the we floor. can design a floor. <laughs> the floor, the final frontier. Um, <laughs> I'll post a few of these other locations on our Instagram page. But yeah, I just like talking about kind of on location spots, but also how they increase increase tourism in places that might need it, right? Or like make for some increased re- revenue in a location. I think it's it's kind of a cool effect to see a bridge a cool Bridgerton effect to be seeing, you know. I think you and I were both looking at, it was your idea to talk a little bit about um, that increase in travel. Mm-hmm. So like there's one article where Visit Bath noted that something like 1.5 million pounds were contributed to the local economy um, only from visitors from the UK. Wow. Because of Bridgerton. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. that's that's pretty good. That's some serious re- revenue. And the Royal can... Crescent, the Royal Crescent House has like a hotel that you can stay in apparently. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, li- oh, Let's... they have a live like a Bridgerton package. <laughs> of course. Of course they do. Oh yeah. My gosh. Oh. Uh, can we do this? Yeah. Can we go to Bath right and now. stay there? Yeah. And also go on like a Jane Austen tour, of course. I mean, Jane, obviously. Jane Austen lived in Bath for She did. for a number of years. Yeah, and it was said that she would attend the Bath assembly rooms. In she did. One of, so that's pretty cool. She did right indeed. There. Yeah. That's pretty I cool. I wonder if Jane Austen would have liked Bridgerton. Yeah. Do you think she would? I think she would. Yeah. At, at least she would like making fun of it. Right. She'd pr- that would if- be... <laughs> She'd probably be in the Shondaland writer's room, I feel like. Uh, oh my gosh, can you that. imagine a yes. TV series written by Jane Austen? Oh my gosh. Please? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. She's fine, you guys. She's I'm fine. okay. Um, yes, but... Um, so the Bridgerton effect um, has also affected (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes has also affected things like fashion and social media and and also just kind of like how we live our lives and find you know some sense of joy and escapism in yeah in post covid19 society (laughs) oh my gosh yes yeah so there is this um so regency core is what we would like call this aesthetic um and that did exist before bridgerton came out sure um and we we actually saw like kind of inspirations from regency fashion popping up in fashion like over, you know, over like the the two centuries since the Regency period, we've seen those some of those elements kind of coming into current fashions. Right. Like in uh, I think like in the 90s, like there was like a trend for empire waist dresses. So like uh-huh. this is one example. And it's it's kind of funny, not funny. It's kind of cool in Clueless, Cher wears several empire waist dresses, which of course Clueless is uh, based on Emma. So 
It's very, very fitting. Yeah, that's the fitting because it's clothing. That's Uh, exactly what I thought of when you first said that. The first thing that popped in my head was um, some of Cher's outfits in Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. But even though like the idea of Regency core or Regency inspired fashion has been around for a long time, there was a significant increase in interest in Regency and just kind of 19th century fashion in general because of Bridgerton. Sure. Uh, So this is according to a a statistic from the group list. Searches for corsets spiked by 123%. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. In like the first month after the show first aired. And then there were also searches for um, pearl and feathered headbands spiked by 49%, elbow-length gloves, empire line dresses, um, which both increased by 93%. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, like, people are super into this. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So there's – this is from a Vogue article kind of just about Regency Corps in general and how Bridgerton sort of inspired – this new resurgence of Regency Corps. Also, it's also very interesting that this happens, you know, like in the middle of a pandemic when, you know, at this point, like we were we were almost a year into it, but a lot of people still were not, you know, going out. Yeah. Um, so like... <laughs> There was, like, all this DIY stuff that people were doing. Um, Like, people were learning to sew, learning to knit. And so this kind of gave them a perfect style to do their DIY sewing stuff with. I love that. Yeah. So this article from Vogue um, is talking about how... I liked this quote here. A year of dressing in sweatpants left us longing for the good old days of restricting clothing, impractical <laughs> designs, and elegant accessories. Right. So these are all elements found in Regency Corps, which focuses on kind of regal or royal-esque. Um, yeah. There's, so there's an emphasis on, like, delicate embellishments like lace, embroidery, um, yeah, you know, little little frills and ruffles, nothing too like big and like overpowering, but just like those delicate little details. Um, yeah, corsets or stays, long gloves, and feminine headpieces. You're not on TikTok, but <laughs> as someone who is on TikTok, I can tell you that this was huge on TikTok. And kind of still is. A lot of people are still really into this style. I bet. Yeah. This also kind of like came right, well, not right after. This was maybe like a few months after like the huge like explosion of cottage core in like the summer of 2020. Summer, fall of 2020 is when cottage core got really huge. Yeah. Um, and so this is like coming right after that. And there's like actually a lot of overlap between cottage core Regency core because they're sure. both kind of they're both kind of like calling back to like times of the past. And they're also very like overtly feminine aesthetics, too. 
Yeah. So there's like a lot of similarities there that kind of makes sense that they that you know they would kind of go hand in hand in that way. So this article does also mention TikTok and how this aesthetic spread, you know, virally on TikTok. So people would, you know, show showing off like their their homemade gowns. Um, yeah. Even like cosplaying characters from Bridgerton. And of course, the Bridgerton musical that was happening. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this article, they interviewed Agus Panzoni. I think I'm saying that name correctly. Um, but she is a TikToker and kind of a trend and fashion expert. Yeah. Um, and so they interviewed her about this phenomenon, especially on TikTok. And, you know, she comments about how, like, trends are happening really fast because they spread so quickly on these, like, social media platforms. And she also mentions, um, like, pop culture, like Bridgerton, plays a part in helping spread this. And then... It quotes her as saying, media companies like Netflix look into things that are trending before writing shows. Sure. When consumers show interest in something, media companies are listening and could respond with anything from a show, new music, or fashion trends. Um, And this is actually true. I just wrote a paper for grad school that was about how Netflix and Hulu use analytics and like data from their users to not only just like recommend things for, for users to watch, but they actually use that data and those analytics to help them make decisions about what content they produce. Right. So they like, like they'll look at sort of topics or like premises that, that, you know, huge numbers of their users respond to and, and watch and, and binge watch. And like, they'll look at actors and directors who are kind of on the up and up. And they'll sort of like, not not quite design these things w- by algorithm, but kind of that is what they're doing. Right. Well, they're, yeah, it's really interesting. It's, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally um, interesting. So anyway. I, I love that stuff. <laughs> so going back to the Vogue article, uh, Panzoni goes on to say that um, that way shows like Bridgerton arrive at just the right moment and are able to reel in the streams that come with over 63 million viewers. This points out that the wardrobe in Bridgerton is not really historically accurate. Sure, um, sure. And as we've discussed previously, that is intentional. Yeah. It's not trying to be historically accurate. It's trying to evoke the Regency period, but in a modern way. Yeah. Like we look at the dresses that like the Featheringtons wear uh, with their like beautiful, you know, embroidery embellishments. And those things are kind of what's making their way into this idea of Regency core. And then this last little part of the article, I felt just like, perfectly put a bow on this whole trend and this whole idea of 
escapism through a historical romance. Um, it says the theme of escapism in Bridgerton still resonates with people who love to travel back in time, but are also stuck in 2021. Yeah. And then there's another quote from Panzoni where she says, right now we're dressing up to feel good. We don't have anywhere to be going. We're dressing up to escape the current moment. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel that. I feel I, that. I feel I definitely, that so much. <laughs> I definitely um, have bought like three... <laughs> I've bought three, like, Regency-inspired dresses in the past 18 months. Um, Yeah. One of them is a replica, like, a custom-made replica of one of the dresses that Kira Knightley wears in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) I love that so much. Uh, Yeah. It's, um, I love it, too. Yeah. Sometimes I just put it on just to feel something. I mean, of course you do. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. But, yeah, I just thought that was a a nice little way to cap off that, that idea. Yeah. Bridgerton is a fantasy, and we're living in that fantasy by emulating this aesthetic. Yeah. Absolutely. I like it. And you know what what else is trying to emulate that aesthetic? The courtship on NBC. <laughs> Which oh good gravy. <laughs> this is gonna be a good time. <laughs> I'm so so excited. I feel like we should do like a watch party or something. Right? For this. Like uh When does I, it come yeah. out? It comes out March? March sixth, I think, is when it premieres. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Honestly, go watch the trailer. It's incredible. Watch that. It's also, well, (laughs) all of those dating shows are kind of my nightmare, to quote uh, Mm -hmm. Nick Miller. But I will will be the lady at home who watches it. So there. (laughs) Love is Blind what? Um. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, that show. That show, too. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Well, we already talked about our quiz results last yeah. week. Are, d- have you come around to the idea that you are Colin no. Bridgerton? No. No. Still not having it? No, I think no. Just no. <laughs> no, just no. I'm more like one of the columns as seen in the Georgian neoclassical style of one of these homes. Oh, mm-hmm. oh I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So... We've explored Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. Whenever we get to our fourth episode, I always feel like there's so many more things. If mm-hmm. only we had the time, you know? It's mm-hmm. like if only we just devoted our entire podcast to one media work. Yeah. And just dissected it ad nauseum. Except then I don't think we'd ever be able to figure out which one to do. Nope. <laughs> or in true pop dna fashion we would say it's about one thing and then open and talk about something else that has nothing to do with anything for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. yeah so what are we gonna not talk about next month (laughs) well neo trinity neo and trinity 
And wait, am I Neo and you're Trinity? Is that what we're doing? I think I am. <laughs> I don't. Even... I think I'm Morpheus. Nice. I think I'm. I can't. <laughs> or you're I... the cat. You're the yes. cat. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I think there's a cat. There's totally a cat. I need to rewatch these, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the Matrix. And probably Jupiter Ascending, to be honest. Always. Yes. Always Jupiter Ascending. Oh, oh we should have Lizzie. Come on. <gasps> oh, we should. We should see if she can do it. We really, really, so really fun. should. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Next month, the Matrix. Next month, we're entering the Matrix. We are taking the red pill or the blue pill, and we are going to have a good time. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just started eating licorice and talking at the same time. I like it. Um, It's real. uh Uh-huh. Hashtag relatable content. Okay. So, Aaron has promised to post on Instagram. I did. You better go. You better go check that out. Yeah. So she doesn't cry. Although... I'm a teacher in America. I'll, I'm already crying. But anyhow. It's true. true. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Follow us on Instagram so yeah. that you can see the post that Aaron posts. Yeah. And I might try to post something, too. We'll see. Well, thank you so much, my our friends. <sighs> what a lovely journey it has been. What a lovely journey it has And now, perhaps, I shall watch Austin Land. That's what I'm feeling right now. So, I think that's, that's wise. That's I've been <laughs> I've unfortunately been watching a lot of Greek, which is oh. just quite a show. It's just like watching Target. It's like watching an ad for Target is really what it is. Um, <laughs> oh, or like that one episode of the Mindy Project where like Danny comes into the apartment and he has like these Target bags and he's like, hey, I got us <laughs> some stuff from Target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there was an episode of Superstore where they like all went to Target. Yeah. Too, and and one of the employees was like, we get to wear whatever we want when we're at work. We love working at Target. And then she like winked at the camera. <laughs> Not really. Fi- she didn't wink at the camera, but she may as well have. <laughs> and they find Cheyenne working there and Glenn's like heartbroken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and oh, then okay. Mateo's boyfriend is pretending like he manages pretending to but because he target is just that cool <laughs> i love target show. is so cool it's i mean true. i love target but honestly <laughs> yeah 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 it's kind okay. of all the same thing that's all right anyway we're this episode is sponsored by the courtship on nbc and yes. target but seriously, NBC, send us money and Target. Go shop at Target. Target, yes. please send us money. Okay. Yes. We will see you next time, friends, where okay. we will be talking about the Matrix. <laughs> Goodbye. Drink some water. Drink some water. Have a snack. Be kind. Bye-bye.